Hi, welcome to the Women Linking Arms podcast. My name is Carrie. I thought I'd just start with discussing what was laid on my heart this week. And that is a critical spirit. What does it mean to have a critical spirit and how do we overcome that? First, I'd like to start with Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It is so important that we fix our minds on God and we fix our thoughts on Him, that we attach them to His Word like we would attach ourselves to an anchor. This world tosses us to and fro and just has so many things coming at us. It's like a a raging sea in the middle of a storm. It is so important that we are permanently fixed to Christ and what He says about us, who He says that we are. So I, I thought I'd just start by talking about a critical spirit and how this was revealed to me. I was at a football game Thursday night for my my high high schooler, who is a freshman now, almost hard to believe. And he plays quarterback, and um, I just found myself expressing some tones of voice and some words when I was asked a couple of questions about the game by some other parents. Um, I won't really go into the details of that because that really isn't important. But what is important, what I was exposed to, was the way I was responding. And the words that I was saying, my tone of voice was just a shocker. And so I spent that night sleeping off and on, just really bothered by this. And so at 4 o'clock Friday morning, I woke up and I usually have my quiet time at 5. Well, I woke up an hour early and spent two hours just digging into God's Word. I dove in deep into what it means to have a critical spirit and what that looks like, how that comes across in our words, and how we are portraying ourselves. We're supposed to be the words and the hands and the feet of Christ. And if we are coming across snippy and with condescending tones and just words that are not encouraging and uplifting, then we're really not pointing others to Christ, and that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. So I began to just think over my conversations, thoughts, and attitudes that I've had lately, really, because I, I just really have have come to a point in my life that I want to have all sin just brought to the foot of the cross. I want God to eradicate every single sin in me. That's become my mission. And so just thinking about a critical spirit, um, it really does show up in more than one way. All of these ways reveal our sinful nature. It just magnifies our sinful nature. So first to be critical is to think of ourselves as better 
than others. The Bible talks about us as Christians being humble. And to think of that, we think of Jesus and how he came to this earth. And he didn't come as a king. And he didn't come in all of his glory. He didn't come to draw attention to himself in a magnanimous way. Jesus came to earth as an infant, completely helpless, totally reliant upon his human parents. He came to earth born in, in a stable, in a place where animals slept and ate and lived. And that is just not glamorous. That is not a priestly way uh, that you would think that a, a child of, of royalty would be born. And so we need to take on the attitude of Christ and be humble, humble ourselves. When we have a critical spirit, we have a sense of self-righteousness. We think that we are never wrong. And we even get irritated and quite defensive when someone points out to us what we're doing wrong, what we're saying wrong. Well, I'm not doing that. Quit telling me that. I am on a mission to be godly, and there's no way I'm acting otherwise. Well, yes, sometimes we do. So also, having a sense of self-righteousness, we compare ourselves to others and think that no one will ever measure up to how we are living, that we are always right, we are the holy ones, no one is ever going to measure up to our standard of living. We always know the right way to do something, and we are quick to offer our opinion. We develop a holier-than-thou attitude, and this comes from a deep-rooted spirit of pride. Pride says, I am the one. I'm the one who is right. My opinion matters. You must do things my way. You have to listen to me. And no, I can't be wrong. You, when you have pride, you cannot see that you are wrong. You can't see the wrong in yourself. If you think back to the verse in Matthew, ver, chapter 7, verse 3, it talks about this and it says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? What this is saying is that we need to examine our own hearts and motives, words and attitudes first. We don't have any place to be critical or judgmental of others, really at any point, because the Bible does say, do not judge there is one judge. His name is Jesus. And he is the one who sits on the throne. He is the one by whose standard that we are measuring ourselves by. So when we sit in judgment of others, the Bible says in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 2, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So, since only Christ 
can see into the hearts and motives of other people, we can't do that. We absolutely have no idea where they are coming from, what their motives are in doing or saying something. So we really have no idea why something that they, they may have said something, they may have come across wrong, they may be thinking of 10 different things and not thinking about their words or their tone of voice. They may not be thinking about how they're coming across. And they also may not be thinking of you um, in, in the same way that you, you are thinking of them in that moment. People have lives and they have things going on and something could be troubling them or they could just be incredibly busy we really have no place to judge a person. Um, we can point out what um, they're doing, and the Bible does talk about this. It talks about um, going to them in a spirit of humility and with grace and lovingly point out to them, hey, you know, I'm not sure if you realize this, but maybe, you know, you might have been distracted, and but your words just really came across hurtful, and I just wanted to point this out to you. Hopefully they would receive something like that with love and that they would then examine their own heart. Um, a critical spirit is one that is never satisfied. It's always wanting more, always striving to get the next thing. Never taking the time to look around and be thankful for what they have. It manifests itself in the form of complaining. This is so important. I really want you to listen to this. The Bible has much to say about complaining. The Israelites were a prime example of those that complained. So when they took their trip from Egypt to the Promised Land, when God rescued them from the hands of Pharaoh, from all the plagues, and from the army, the vast army that was coming upon them to bring them back into captivity, their journey from the Promised Land, I'm sorry, from Egypt to the Promised Land was only supposed to take a short amount of time. I'm not even sure how long exactly it was supposed to take. I've heard different uh, accounts on this, but I think it, the general time frame should have been around 11 days. But we all know that it took 40 years. And so the main reason they wandered aimlessly in the desert for 40 years instead of a, a short amount of time, like maybe two weeks, was because of their disobedience. And the main reason they were dis they disobeyed, the main way they disobeyed was through complaining. They were never satisfied. They wanted to go back to Egypt where there was good food to eat, plenty of water to drink, where they didn't have to walk miles and miles during the day in the hot sun or even at night when they would rather have been sleeping. They wanted to go back to their homes to rest in their beds. They wanted to have not necessarily the life of bondage that they had before, but there was some comfort in knowing that they were staying still and not having to travel. They had no idea where they were going. They didn't know what was ahead of them. 
and I know they weren't trusting God and they weren't trusting Moses. If they had just put their complete trust in God and in the chosen leader, Moses, to lead them, maybe they wouldn't have complained. So because they complained, they dissatisfied God. They, they're, he was very displeased in their attitudes, their words, and their actions. Their, their distrust in God came out in their words. And their distrust in Moses led Aaron, who was leading them at the time when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, receiving from God the two scrolls, the two stone scrolls that God inscribed the Ten Commandments on. While Moses was up doing that, Aaron was in charge of this group, and they encouraged Aaron to um, allow them to have a golden calf that they then worshipped. The, this golden calf became their god. It became their idol. And their complaints... The complaints that they kept voicing, the complaints that they kept manifesting in their actions, kept them in the same place much longer than necessary. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, to complain is to remain, but to praise is to raise. When we complain, we remain in our circumstances. God allows us to keep going around the same tree, the same mountain, over and over until we learn the lesson that we have to learn. But when we praise him and we give him thanks, it raises us up out of our circumstances. It may not be immediate, but our circumstances are going to change. And what changes first is our attitude, our thoughts, our words, our whole facial expression changes whole body posture. God wants us to be continually looking for ways to give thanks to him and praise him. We may not always like our circumstances, but we can always find at least one thing to be grateful for. I like to start my mornings before I even begin my prayer time. And I try and think of five things to be thankful for to start my day. It could be simple things. It could be more complex. It could be something that God has done that has just blown my mind, or it could just be our everyday food, cars that work, my family. It could be anything. Five things just sets my mind in a thankful attitude. Another form of having a critical spirit is jealousy. When you feel jealous and entitled to something, you start to become bitter. And bitterness is really difficult to remove. Bitterness is nasty. Its roots go way down deep. When you have bitterness in your heart, what comes out is negativity, just continual negative comments, criticizing, condemning, complaining, never happy never satisfied, when you're jealous and, and feel like you are, should have something that someone else has, the spirit of entitlement takes over, you can't be happy for that person. You can't be 
encouraging them and rejoicing with them. So, like I said, one of the ways to overcome this is to develop a thankful heart, to look around and see how God has blessed you. A lot of the time when we have a spirit of bitterness, we don't even realize it until we have exploded all over someone. And at that point, those roots are so deep, you've got to take them to the cross and just pray. Pray that God will help to eradicate those roots. I have wrote a, a devotional a while back on bitterness and how it is similar to poison ivy. We had an enormous bed of poison ivy in our backyard and it was so bad that we had to hire someone to come remove it. It was so green. It from a distance looked <clears throat> very pretty. But up close we knew we knew it was poison ivy and if you're allergic to poison ivy like my husband is, it's really bad. Even I, who do not break out very much, if I'm just barely touched by poison ivy, it's very difficult to have that healed. So <clears throat> once we had the enormous bed of poison ivy removed, most of it was pulled up by its roots, but some of it came back. You can't just mow it. You can't just cut it back. And even pulling, you're going to sometimes snap the vine and the roots will remain. You've got to remove all of it. And that's the same way that it is with bitterness. <clears throat> Another form of a critical spirit shows up in pride. Hypocrisy, gossip, and slander. Our words tell us a lot about what is going on in our hearts. The Bible tells us that for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Matthew twelve thirty four. What is planted in your heart is sure to come out of your mouth. Trust me, this happened to me, and it was not pretty. I was so shocked that I had just spent this past week diving deep into what causes a critical spirit, and I am determined once and for all to eradicate this from my life. So what are we to do to replace these sinful habits of having a critical spirit in all the ways that it manifests itself? For starters, we must get into God's word. This is the only way to change the way that we are thinking. Searching scriptures for what he has to say about a critical spirit is a great place to start. Read Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, and carefully consider where you may be acting out of judgment. Examine your own heart for sin instead of focusing on the sins of others. We must come to a place where we are hating the sin in our own lives so much that we can no longer allow it to remain. We have to hate this sin. We have to just be disgusted by it. You know that sin in our lives creates a barrier between us and God. The Bible does talk about how 
it affects God hearing our prayers. We must stay in constant confession of our sins so that we can stay in the right relationship with God. We also need to be um, in a right relationship with him so that we can effectively pray for others to have their own eyes open to their sin and for them to be restored to a right relationship with God. Our prayers for other people are affected by our sin. Our focus should always be to restore a relationship with God and to walk holy because God says to be holy as he is holy. We need to turn over all these negative thoughts, negative words, let him handle them. Our desire should be for peaceful relationships and unity among each other. We are to approach others with a sincere love for them that Christ has. We can only do this once our own hearts are clean and we are living with a wholehearted devotion to God. After we are dealt with the bitterness, we must learn to forgive. This is not always easy, but it is absolutely necessary. It is vitally important for us to forgive others, for God has said that if we do not forgive others, our sins will not be forgiven. When I talked just a second ago about um, staying in right relationship with God and God hearing our prayers. That's, that verse is Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So to remain in a right relationship with God, we must come to him with clean hands and a clean heart. Confession is a must. Thankfully, he always welcomes us back into his presence. Contentment is something that we can develop against a critical spirit. Instead of striving for a situation to change, we can consider that there may be a blessing of growing closer to God in the midst of this trial. Instead of disagreeing with someone, immediately pray. Pray for God to show you how you can be supportive in this situation. If you're, if you're married and your spouse is doing something that you disagree with, Pray about it. Just take a moment. Instead of reacting, take a few steps back. Take a few seconds. Compose yourself. Practice the fruit of self-control. And just pause. Pray. God, how can I be a blessing in this situation? How can I be supportive instead of voicing my own opinion and insisting on my own way? Pray that God will help you to be content in all situations. Other ways that are the opposite of a critical spirit, showing appreciation, showing kindness, being calm, gentle, sweet, or just plain being silent. You don't have to voice your opinion on every single thing. You don't have to own every problem. Our words are so important. Or when we gossip, when we slander, that is a great way to help promote a critical and oppositional spirit. 
I hope this helps you to get a handle on overcoming a critical negative spirit. I received so much help from April Cassidy. She is the author of Peaceful Wife, Peaceful Single Girl, and Peaceful Mom. She is amazing, and I absolutely adore her. She is so wise and has encouraged me in so many ways. So I suggest that you look her up, find her books, and follow her on YouTube. Listen to what she has to say about a critical spirit. She's very insightful, and I guarantee you'll be blessed. I hope that this podcast has blessed you in some way. Please stay tuned for more upcoming podcasts soon to come. Thank you and have a really blessed night.